Welcome to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. We are your hosts, James and Anthony. Welcome to the movie news number 74. Let's talk about all the recent developments in film and TV. Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to the show. James and I are excited to be back to our normal routine. James is back in town. Let's get into the news. And we also have uh, lovely Luna, the, the dog we're dog sitting, is still here. So she's in studio if you hear any paws or, or little whines to go outside. We got her in here in the studio. There's a lot to talk about this week, um, including we do have a new origin story, which we'll get to in a little bit. But let's start off with the box office. So... Obviously, Black Panther Wakanda Forever is still number one at the box office. It pulled $64 million in its second weekend. It's past $400 million global. But it did experience the typical MCU massive drop with a 65% drop in the box office. I mean, we saw similar numbers with Thor Love and Thunder drop like 72%. Doctor Strange had a huge drop off. So that's, that's really common with these MCU big pictures. It's why they really depend on the opening weekend because that's... They're always top heavy. This film looks like it'll round out at nine hundred million, probably. Yeah. Um, but they really rely on the opening weekend, and it did have a very good, a very strong opening weekend. Yeah, it was it was only like three percent behind Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. and then we had a a sneak surprise second place with The Chosen, which is a, a season three of a TV show, which they put in the in movie theaters. Episodes one through three pulled in ten million dollars at the box office this weekend. Is that um, a religious show? It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. Oh, okay. Christ, I've heard of that. I've heard Jay of that. Jay Christ himself. Mm-hmm. And then at number three is the dark comedy, The Menu, starring Ray, Ray Fiennes, Anya Taylor-Joy, and Nicholas Holt with $8 million. A good showing for a rated R uh, dark comedy. It looks like a, a good opening in what they wanted about. Then we have Black Adam with $3.4 million in its fifth weekend. Ticket to Paradise, two point nine in its fifth weekend. And then Sea Shed. She said, she, she sells seashells by the seashore. She said, with $2.2 million with that, I think it was its opening weekend. Uh-huh. I think it's starting in a, a limited release. And then uh, speaking, yeah, speaking of limited releases, Bones and All is coming out this week. It's very limited right now, even in Los Angeles and New it's York. It's pretty far from us, yeah. But I highly recommend checking this out. It'll be coming out more widely released after during the holiday and after the holiday. And if you like dark horror... And if you also like Call Me By Your Name, you're going to enjoy the hell out of this because it's going to be gory and gruesome, but also a great love story. Can't wait to check it out. I'm looking forward to it. And then um, we get for, back to the news. We the got, news! The news! I have to read the news! Indiana Jones 5 released its first official image of Harrison Ford in costume as Indiana Jones, and he just looks like a million bucks. The Empire is doing a, a article, and he's the cover of Empire Magazine this month, and he just looks... Like the same old Indy, and it's great to see him back in the outfit. A little older. A little older, yeah. <laughs> he still looks great, though. Still, he does look that great. That guy, he's, he looks great for his age. Yeah, we got a couple images. Indy on a boat, and then Indy also like on a rope bridge. Great silhouette Gotta shots. have a rope bridge, man. We also got our first look at Maz Mikkelsen in the role of an ex-Nazi working for NASA, who we're assuming is going to be an antagonist in the film, as well as Boyd Holbrook, who's in this film. He's on a motorcycle at a parade for the celebration of the Apollo 11 launch. So that means this movie takes place late 1960s, probably 1969. I didn't know Boyd Holbrook was in the film. Me neither. He's a great actor. I'm glad he got this because he's kind of just since Logan hasn't had that big role yet. Yeah. Because we just saw him in a movie, Vengeance, and he was good in it, but still hasn't hit that like movie stardom yet. And you can tell because he, he worked with Mangold and Logan. Yeah. And Mangold's making this movie. He probably loves him as an actor. Oh, and for I think sure. He's gonna be, I bet he has a cool role in this movie. Yeah, and Maz, probably, he's probably playing comedic relief. 
<laughs> Maz? Just kidding. Just kidding. He's definitely the villain. He's always a villain. He's definitely the villain. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> Moving on to some Tarantino news. Two bits to talk about. First of all, he's making a TV miniseries next year. We don't know what network it's going to be for. We don't know what the story's going to be or anything, but he says that's what he's going to do, which is kind of a loophole to get out of. I'm only going to direct 10 movies in my career, but I'm still going to make movie make content. Which is pretty great to hear, and I cannot wait. Whatever network picks that up, it's gonna be worth so much money. Yeah, the, he can. I mean, imagine what he can charge for like streaming service like HBO Max, uh, Netflix, Hulu. Like they could probably pay a hundred million for the rights to it. I mean, the rights to Knives Out two and three that was five hundred million dollars. You know, that's for the budget. I'm just talking for the rights to okay, the yeah, property. Yeah. Like he could probably charge a hundred million dollars. Everyone's gonna watch it, it whatever be, it is. It'll be huge for whatever service ends up getting it. So I'm very curious to see what it is too. Also, in other Tarantino Hold news. Hold on, let me stay on that real quick. Okay, oh, stay in, on it, in bro. Addition stay on to, it, bro. In addition to TV, Tarantino's actually directed television before. Back in 2005, he directed two episodes of the show, CSI Crime Scene Investigation. Wrote and directed them. Yeah, huh? He wrote and directed them. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. CSI, that show was huge back in 2005. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that. He almost directed a couple episodes of Justified recently, but I, it didn't. When we were kids, I remember the tr- the uh, commercials for it, like directed by Tarantino, guest director. I think I, they were I advertising it heavy. So he's directed TV before, yeah. and also he did a couple episodes of like From Dust Till Dawn. There was a TV series that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. But let's move on to well, the, there's another Tarantino thing I wanted yeah, to the mention. Next bit of news. He um has officially said that his tenth film, Luna, is currently on Anthony's lap, and she's about a forty pound dog. Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> Tarantino has said that for his 10th film, it's going to be an original script and have nothing to do with any kind of franchising. So it's not going to be Kill Bill 3. It's not going to be a sequel or like a, a spinoff of anything else he's done. This is a, a completely new original idea, he said. I wonder if it'll be historical fiction or not. I hope so. He's great with historical fiction. Here, take off her uh, her her neck, her collar. Yeah, it's making a little noise. There you go. She got it. There you go. Now she gets the good neck rubs. Um, another bit of Tarantino news. He's talking smack as well about <laughs> the state of cinema. So this is a quote from Tarantino. Uh, I think he was on CNN or something. Even though the 80s was the time that I probably saw more movies in my life than ever, at least as far as going out to the movies was concerned, I do feel that the 80s cinema is, along with the 50s, the worst era in Hollywood history, matched only by now, <laughs> matched only by the current era. So he says that the current era is one of the worst eras of film. You know, he's. I mean, it's an interesting thing to say. I think that for the last several years, the corporatization of film has really changed things, and a lot of movies that are coming out are made by giant corporations, whereas before the 2000s, studios were still independent, and that com- the competition they had with each other, they were just trying to make as many good, like the best movie possible to compete with, like Warner Brothers or Paramount was trying to compete with like universal like but now like since all these studios are owned by super mega corporations and now we have amazon's in the ring netflix is in the ring i think the corporatization has really changed um mainstream movie going and there's still uh, obviously a ton of great movies coming out but i see what he's saying and we always talk about like if you look at what studio movies were like in the 60s and 70s like they were like 2000s yeah we were talking about it in our most recent episode that franchises were incredible in the 2000s yeah lord of the rings the bournes like so many great ones um pirates the first few pirates spider-man spider-man so I think the corporatization has changed uh, movies, and they it's it's altering the way storytelling is coming out. I think also because there's so many movies being made every year. It's now 
the a most content. Ever. It's now a content race between these corporations. Don't men, don't forget about Disney, who owns everything pretty much. Now they own 20th Century Fox, which is now 20th Century Studios. So the amount of corporate over control over cinema and film and TV is just huge as well as streaming. Yeah. Now a lot of studios are just trying to make as much content as possible, and you know quantity over quality is now and also a, a main um, the sorry they're gearing themselves towards already established IPs more so than original content as well. And so, yeah, and but quantity over quality is their main objective now. Not to say that we haven't seen so many great films in the last five years, because we really have, but they are greatly and vastly outnumbered by, by very mediocre movies that, yeah. you know, not a lot of people even see that are just going straight to streaming. And so I I, I get his perspective, and he's he has a right to an opinion. It's yeah. subjective. 100%. Now let's move on to more news. We got our first poster for The Pale Blue Eye, which is perfect. It's just a still from the movie. It reminds me so much of like Top Gun Maverick poster I have back here, but also the Roma poster that they use for Alfonso Cuaron's movie for Netflix. But it looks great. It's just a still of Christian Bale as the detective. <laughs> great mystery silhouette underneath him of a character with a light it's just incredible i can't wait to see this just take away the the red netflix logo and it'd look great <laughs> <laughs> yeah i like it uh it's not heavily photoshopped it's not a studio photo done in a photography studio no you know it's just like it's it's real and it's a great shot of him it it, it perfectly captures the tone of what the movie looks like it will be it's he's the movie yeah he's, he's the movie he's christian bale he's christian that's all you need yeah he's the he's you don't the, need anything else the, man you don't need anything else in the poster the bail man it's a really beautiful poster though next up we have news about babylon damon chazelle's fourth film uh early reactions from both the press and industry screeners are saying that the movie is quite mixed uh reactions are saying it's bold obviously the craftsmanship looks terrific in costume cinematography is getting praised but also it's being called very messy very muddled um and not quite what people were expecting. So, I mean, we're going to save our opinion for when we see the film, but I was surprised by the mixed reactions because he's basically that batting a thousand so far. He's... Oh. Sorry, Luna. Accidentally stepped on her on her little paw. Come here. All right. <laughs> she switched, switched to she me. She switched to his lap. You okay, sweetie? All right. That's what happens when you go crazy in the studio. <laughs> All right, moving on to our origin story of the day. Here we go. What is it? It's going to be called Welcome to Derry, a prequel series to It at HBO Max. <laughs> Welcome to Derry. The show will begin in the 1960s in the time leading up to the events of It Chapter 1, which was set in 1988. The story is also set to include the origin story of Pennywise the Clown. Pennywise origin. Here we go. Fi finally, we get the origin story story of Pennywise. I knew in, in chapter two when they showed that old photo of him in the uh, in the apartment of the old lady, I was like, oh, they're going to make a, a TV show. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I actually would watch this as long as Skarsgård is the character. We'll see. But the, I mean, the Machetes are producing yeah. it, so, and they made the first two yeah. films. But um, I, w I don't want to see someone else playing that role. I think he was just so fantastic as Pennywise. I, I, agree. I would love to see him back. If, he get, if they get him, then sure, I'll check it out. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like it's just going to be the same movie. Yeah. It's the same thing as the movie. But Origins, welcome to Derry. <laughs> there were also the rise of Pennywise. Rise. rise of Pennywise. <laughs> Next up, Steven Spielberg is getting back into the action genre with star Bradley Cooper. They're going to be making a bullet movie. It's not a remake of the film, but it's going to be another story with the bullet character inspired by the events of the of that film. Frank so, Bullet. So I can't wait to see them. That's a great pairing. And Bradley Cooper, I think he has that. 
that effortless charm, cool guy quality, and also he can be kind of a badass too. Yeah, I think yeah. he could pull off Steve McQueen in that. I think it'd be really cool. And he hasn't done action in a while since A Team. He, uh, well, I mean, technically, American Sniper. Okay, it's yeah, a bit American of an Sniper. action. Yeah, movie. yeah, not yeah. a ton of action, yeah. but but it's very macho. So that he's proven himself in that kind of capacity. Absolutely. Moving on next to James Gunn and Peter Safran, news with DC. They plan to unveil what their mastermind plan for DC in about two months. So they're just leaving us on the hype train. And they're probably mystery. figuring out, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll have something together in two months. It's like your first day of the job. You like lied on the rear. Everyone's like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, we got a What's plan. What's the plan? DC's like, you guys got a plan? Yeah, we got one. <laughs> Peter, what are we going to do? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sure they have a great plan. It's yeah, literally just going to be Henry Cavill. <laughs> yeah, this, they have a lot of planning to do. It's probably a, a huge workload to just figure it all out. Next up, Stranger Things star Joseph Quinn has been cast opposite Lupita Nyong'o in the new A Quiet Place origin story. Day one. Day one. A Quiet Place. Day origin. one. <laughs> She's getting excited. going crazy over this. <laughs> if we get excited, she gets excited. Day one. Origins. So, so good for him for getting cast in a huge franchise film, a uh, big studio film, uh, because obviously he was killed off in Stranger Things, so... We won't be seeing him in that role again. All so right, I'm PA. glad. I'm glad that he's uh, going to find success in in Hollywood so far. Next, we finally got the anticipated trailer for Emancipation, uh, the Will Smith slavery film, which is going to be direct, which was directed by Antoine Fuqua. Is this the first time them two have worked together? First time. That's really cool. Yeah. So great uh, filmmakers and actors. Antoine's awesome. Trailer looks really good. Looks like a an intense film. Uh, it's going to be an emotional journey. He plays a slave who. I can't. Based on the trailer, was he fighting in the Civil War and then was turned into a slave, or was he a slave turned into a soldier for the Civil War in the Civil War? I, I can't tell by the. trailer. I think it's the latter. I think it's the latter. And he's looking for his family. So yeah, he's he escaped slavery, trying to find his family in the yeah. South. I like the concept of of the swamp being a main factor in his survival as well, because those swamps in South South America in the southern parts of America are very dangerous, and so and then Ben Foster plays. One of the slavers, the main antagonist of the film, who just always fits the bill for period pieces. For like a crazy southerner. Crazy southerner. He's like, whatever, if, whether <laughs> it's a guy. western or a film that's based on slavery, he just always fits it so well. And this is going to be an Apple TV film, so it'll be coming out on Apple TV. And apparently Will Smith made, I think he was paid 40 mil for it. Holy crap. <laughs> That's a lot of money. <laughs> it's going to be odd when it comes out because if it's not getting a theatrical release with everything that happened last year at the Oscars, and he obviously can't be nominated for an award, so mm. lots of controversy around that. And also, speaking of awards, Brendan Fraser is doing press for The Whale. He did a GQ interview. You know how like they talk about career mm -hmm. um, retrospective, and he was talking. He said that uh, he won't be going to the Golden Globes if he's nominated. Which I think is a great um, stand by him because you know the Hollywood Foreign Press president is the one who uh, you know assaulted him and basically blackballed him for ten years in Hollywood, and so he said even if he gets nominated, uh, even if he wins the Golden Globe, he has no interest in attending the ceremony. I'm sure, yeah. Other parts of the Golden Globes were probably really treated him poorly and affected his career as well. Not oh, yeah. just the one person that yeah. did that. So I mean, I, I I respect that decision a lot. To you know, stay mm -hmm. true to yourself yeah. and. He seems, we don't I, deserve this man. Yeah, we watched the GQ interview. It's really great. It's, it's great, like 25 minutes talking about of him talking about all of his movies. And he's, I'm, it's, it's great to see him back. He seems like a great guy. Next up, everyone who loves Willem Dafoe as much as us, he's in a new movie called Inside. It's literally just him. 
he's like the only character in the trailer. Looks crazy. And he plays a thief that's trapped inside of a penthouse apartment after the heist he's on goes wrong. He's basically trapped inside there for a long period of time with nothing but what was left in like the fridge and the sinks as well as just priceless art surrounding him. So he has to try to survive in this penthouse suite that no one can hear him. He's trapped and there's no way out. I think it's a great concept. It is. It looks really cool. Next up, we have a new special from the Murderville comedy series that Will Arnett leads with uh, basically an improvised script with guest stars. It's going to be a mall Santa murder mystery called Who Killed Santa? So the the show must be doing well for them to do a a special like this, but it's a great concept where Will Arnett plays the detective and then they have a special celebrity guest in every episode and they don't know what's going to happen. But he does, and so there, it's all improvisation in a lot of... Like, they had Marshawn Lynch in an episode, and it's a lot of fun. So this one will st- also star Jason Bateman and Maya Rudolph. It looks pretty silly and funny. <laughs> Speaking of silly, <laughs> uh, there's a new... The, the first trailer for 80 for Brady has been released, which is Tom Brady's first foray into film producing, and it stars four Oscar-winning actresses who are uh, in their old age, their golden years. They're, they decide to go travel to go see Tom Brady play in the Super Bowl because they're such big Brady fans. And it looks like kind of ridiculous. It looks like it, I bet it makes a lot of money, though. Probably. We'll see. I think it'll do well. He clearly must have had some good uh, statistics and researches realized that, like, your number one demographic is middle-aged women. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, like, the Best Exotic Marigold Hotel, like, uh, Downton Abbey, like, a lot of m- movies geared towards older people perform really well. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's successful. Uh, maybe. We'll see. I don't know if I'm going to see it, though. I, it doesn't I watched look that the trailer, good. and I'm like, hard pass. It doesn't look I that good. I love you, Tom. Uh, Walter Hamada, who just got the axe at DC and Warner Brothers a few months ago, just signed a multi-year deal with Paramount Pictures to lead their horror genre. So I really like the news that Paramount Pictures is realizing, finally, which every other studio should realize as well, that people want new independent horror films. They saw the success of Smile. They're like, we need to... Push the button, but not, and- not just smile, but Blumhouse. Yeah, Blumhouse. Yeah, yeah, is Blumhouse over the last fifteen years really has has changed the game for horror. We need to step on the pedal. Next up, Jonah Hill has announced that he is directing a new film. It's going to be an action thriller starring Keanu Reeves. So this <laughs> this is a really interesting collaboration. He also Jonah Hill co-wrote the script as well. Mm-hmm. Next, we got Magic Mike's Last Dance. The trailer features Channing Tatum just being on stage one last time with so many abs. <laughs> so many abs. Abs. <laughs> yeah, it's, it looks like a lot of fun. And then uh, Salma Hayek has uh, uh, the, the lead, co-lead role in this one. Tough job, Channing. <laughs> a sequel to RRR is in development. And the uh, the screenwriter is working on the story right now, but it's, yeah. it's going to happen because it is so highly successful. Hell yeah. We got our first poster for National Treasure, Edge Origin. of History. <laughs> Spinoff. New Generation. Rise. <laughs> Looks like I edited this poster, to be honest. <laughs> it's just... I don't know anyone that's excited about this show. It's a, it's not, it's a kind of a weird-looking poster, the edit. It's, it's very photoshoppy. It looks like Disney yeah. Channel. Yeah. It's given... I don't know anyone who's who's looking forward to this without Nick Cage in it. Yeah, me so, neither. Yeah, no comment. But um, it has the other guy. Yeah. Oh, the uh, the, the assistant, <laughs> yeah. the, the computer guy. I can't remember his name. He's not an assistant. He's a <laughs> equal partner. <laughs> no, he gets like he gets like a, a, a half a percent. Steve. No, they all get a small percentage because uh-huh. they they get they all get oh, like one yeah, percent yeah, yeah, yeah. in that original movie. Yeah, you've yeah, seen yeah. the movie. What's his name? Hold on, National. It ends with a Y or something. National it's like a nice name. Treasure. His name, Riley. Riley, yeah. yeah Riley ends cool. with a Y, yeah. Played by Justin Bartha. From uh, The Hangover. 
And uh, speaking of Disney Plus Andor, this is actually kind of worrying news for Disney Plus. Uh, Disney has put Andor on its other networks, ABC, FX, Freeform, and Hulu. They put the first few episodes on those other networks and streaming platforms for people to watch, which means that looks like a sign that it's not Disney Plus isn't performing well in terms of streaming numbers. Andor specifically is yeah. very low ratings. It's just mm-hmm. people just aren't watching the show. Some people listening, I'm sure, are. But I know, we I know, we I know a lot it. of people love it. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's really good, but. Not a lot of people are watching this show at all. It's I think it's like one of their lowest performing. I think it's the lowest performing Star Wars show they've had, or, or yeah. Disney Plus show they've had. It's very telling for them to move it onto other networks. That means that people aren't. It also means that um, the membership maybe isn't there as as much as they hoped it would be for Disney Plus. If they're putting it on Hulu, I think it's just people aren't weren't excited about the show yeah. because it's so different compared to the other Star Wars stuff they've been putting out in terms of Mandalorian, Boba Fett, mm-hmm. which all do well ratings wise. I mean, Mandalorian's a banger. Yeah, everyone loves that show. A lot of people watch it, but just no one watches Andor. <laughs> like a yeah. lot of YouTube channels get way more views than Andor. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Not ours, but you know, yeah. plenty of others. But it's interesting. This is the first time they've done this with uh, one of their original uh, series in the last few years. I think it's telling. Mm-hmm. I think people, you know, they're maybe getting a little overstuffed. Yeah, too many, too many, content. T- too many TV shows. There's I a think. lot of stuff yeah. out there that we have to watch every two months. We have to watch this new thing, or else we're not like a true fan. You know that yeah. kind of perspective. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. You better watch it, or else. There's <laughs> too much stuff. Who has this so much time? I don't have. We time. don't have time. We don't yeah. have time. Yeah, Luna, have time. Luna, do you have time to watch this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> Look at her. She's looking at me salty because I accidentally stepped on her paw. Can you believe he stepped on your paw, Luna? Even though she loves me so much. She sleeps in my bed. <laughs> <laughs> Look at her. She's just like, screw you, Jim. I can't believe you did that to me. You jumped over here, dude. <laughs> she loves me, man. I know. All right. This is the last day we have with her. Yeah, she's leaving today. Lovely Luna. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Movie News number 74. That was a great list of things to talk about. We got our origin story. Origin. We got our prequels. We got everything in that we needed to. We got our rise. <laughs> the rise of Pennywise. I was worried we wouldn't have an origin this week. <laughs> oh, we got an origin. It's like literally 17 weeks in a row, maybe more of an origin story. <laughs> um, episodes we have for you coming this week. Uh, tomorrow on Monday, we're going to do a Steven Spielberg movie ranking with special guests, the Extra Credits Podcast, another great movie podcast. It was a lot of fun. We all ran through our top 10 favorite Spielberg movies. And then Thursday, we're going to do an episode on Memento, which will be on Thanksgiving Day in America, the 24th. So definitely watch Memento. And then if you're still confused by it or you have been confused by it your whole life, we will explain the hell out of Memento. I think it's going to be such a great episode. We should just call it Memento Explained. I know we should. (laughs) We've been saving that that bacon in the freezer for a long time. We know. know, It's the only Nolan one we haven't done. Really? Other than following. Okay, following we haven't done. Yeah, yet. true. Um, yeah, it's our yeah. Well, we gotta do more. We, we'll do more episodes on Nolan. Yeah, yeah. Like oh, we, yeah. yeah, we did like the Nolan uh, con- his time episode. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. But Memento's fantastic. It's such a great script. Can't wait to talk about it and for you all to listen to that episode. Other than that, hopefully you all have safe travels on your journeys to see your families this week in America. Everyone else, it's not a holiday, I guess. So just like do you <laughs> do you, do your normal thing. Do your normal thing and have fun. <laughs> in America, you ain't working, you ain't going to school. <laughs> Live it up. <laughs> Take care everybody. Bye y'all. See you next time. Raiders of the Lost Podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.